What's up, guys? This is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. Well, I got it. That's my Valerie Cherish, because I got Leah McSweeney on the pod. We mentioned it all, from politics to conspiracy theories to the Real Housewives of New York. I'm sure you'll love it, even the haters. Uh, I'm going to bring her out in a bit, but let's talk about a few hot topics first. By the way, before I even get into that, I went on a mini hike yesterday, right, with my housemate. We have this huge hiking trail and park in walking distance from our house, and I put it on Instagram and people were like, oh my god, you finally left the house. Guys, we're in lockdown in Sydney, we can't do anything. Like, obviously, I leave the house, but we've been locked down for, like, months, and I think they're actually extending it. Also, I don't even I don't even keep up with the news on it anymore, I just go by what my housemate says. Also... I mostly use that podcast IG just to like, I don't know, post like page six articles or to recap reality shows. If you follow me, you know that I like recap the hills and stuff on there. I don't post every time I go outside. I actually don't even look at other people's IG stories really. Like I don't care. I don't look at Facebook feeds or IG stories. There's like five people that I actually care to follow and see what they're doing. And most of them are just hot guys that go to the gym a lot. So I'm just hoping they'll be doing squats or something when I log in. My fave is this Brazilian guy in Vegas. Uh, He's a listener of mine, or maybe he's a Twitter mutual. I can't remember what he is. Anyway, he's my favorite. I was about to tell you his handle so you could follow him too, but... You know, it's actually my thing. I don't want you thirsty bitches swarming his page because he's not famous or anything. So I'm just keeping him to myself. So back off. Uh, I do hate watch some people sometimes, though. Like, if it shows up that I've been watching your IG stories, I may have been screenshotting something cringe that you did so I can send it to my group chat to laugh at you. I'm sorry. I know it's mean, but, I mean, it's the truth. As if you guys never screenshot anything that I do and, like, make fun of me. Like, we all make fun of people. We all watch each other's IG stories and, like, mock each other behind our backs. Well, I mean, at least I do. But I feel like that's the way the world works. Anyway. I watched the new Paris Hilton cooking show on Netflix and it's really bad. Like, it's so bad. And I wanted to love it too. Like, Paris is my girl. I'm an OG Paris stan from, like, day one. And this was so whack. Like... It was pretty much the same as Lisa Vanderpump's Overserve, but I actually think it was worse. Like, it kind of gave me a newfound appreciation for Overserved, and you guys know that I trashed LVP's show so much on here and made fun of her for doing it, and I was like, she's such a flop, no one's watching it, this is so cringe and lame. It's actually so much better than Paris's show. Like, the Paris show is just way too in on the joke to actually be funny. Like, I feel like I broke a rib trying to watch it because every scene it's like elbowing you like, wink, wink, it's tongue in cheek, do you get it? It's just like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's like... She's playing a character. Like, I, I get it, guys. You don't have to keep reminding me. I did only watch one episode. Like, I couldn't get through any more of the show. So, basically, what happens is that Paris just makes, like, a silly meal. Like, she doesn't really even... She doesn't make, like, real food. She makes something sort of quirky. And she dresses up in, like, gowns and stuff in the kitchen. I guess it's funny. It's like, oh, I'm wearing a gown in the kitchen. Oh, and it's like, okay. Um, in the one that I saw, she had Kim Kardashian over and... And she made, well, she made like some kind of like, it was like unicorn marshmallow cereal or something. I don't even remember what it was properly. It was so stupid. And uh, it actually 
didn't really even make sense because she just did that whole documentary, right, about how she was, like, abused at boarding school. And the premise of that documentary was, I'm showing the real Paris Hilton and I'm actually, like, really mature and I was hiding behind this dumb blonde persona. And she spent about five years on a PR campaign, you know, talking in her normal voice. And she's like, my baby voice was fake because I'm just so shy, but I'm actually really smart. I'm a businesswoman. Now I'm a child abuse advocate. And I, you know, I was abused at boarding school and, you know, this is me and I'm grown up. And it's like, okay, fair enough. But then the first project you go and do is like this new show where you go back to playing the old persona. And it's not even that funny either. Like it's, kind of dated like okay a dumb blonde i mean are we still in the mode of thinking dumb blondes are funny i feel like that's i don't know i don't think anyone thinks that's funny anymore and she also spent the whole show trying to make this new catchphrase of hers work called sliving which is a combination of slay and living so bad like no one even says slay and living anymore like let alone a fucking mutant hybrid of the two like Slay and Living went out, like, five years ago, so for Paris to come in and, like, join them together, it's so bad. And she says it every five minutes of the show. Like, I'm not kidding. She's like, um, these are my sliving gloves, and we're making sliving marshmallows today inside my sliving house, and, you know, this is my new Pomeranian sliving. Like, how can everything be sliving? Like, it doesn't even make sense grammatically. Like, it's so dumb. And she's actually been trying to make sliving a thing for years now, because I am actually like a hardcore Paris fan. Like I do keep up with pretty much everything she does. And I remember years ago, the first time I heard her say sliving, I was like, please, please don't just go back to saying that's hot. You know, that's like an iconic catchphrase. You made it happen. I think that's hot is timeless. You don't need a new catchphrase, but she's like, sliving's my thing, slay and living. And It never happened. She's still trying. I mean, she's trying harder than ever. I'm not kidding. Every five minutes or every, like, maybe every two minutes, she says sliving so bad. I actually think the sliving thing is the main thing that ruins this show. Because even though it's not a good show anyway, it would be kind of salvageable without sliving. And it also makes you very depressed because... Watching her saying sliving over and over, I was, like, questioning my own mortality because it's like... Paris Hilton, right, she looks young still. Like, she looks amazing. She still looks like she's 26, but she's actually 40. And only a 40-year-old who was totally out of touch with youth culture would ever say sliving. Like, do you think Billie Eilish says sliving? She doesn't, trust me. Billie Eilish would not be caught dead saying sliving. So you hear Paris saying it, and it's like, damn, like... Paris Hilton, the pop culture icon that I grew up with, probably the defining pop culture icon of my generation, she's fucking old now because only some old ass bitch would be saying sliving. So if Paris is old, then I'm old. And then why do I want to watch a show that makes me feel old and uncool? No. Oh my God. I could even be saying like right now without even knowing it, I could be saying my own version of sliving and... It's just, I'm dying because it just makes me think about, oh my God, if Paris is this cringe and doesn't know about it, then maybe I'm that bad. And I don't want those thoughts in my head when I'm trying to watch TV. So the moral of this story is do not watch Paris Hilton's cooking show. It's stupid. Kim Kardashian couldn't even save it. But you know what I have been watching? I'm actually in a scripted era right now because, I don't know, maybe because I do so much reality TV on here and on my Instagram, I'm like, I need to watch like a real show. Um, So I'm watching that show, The Americans with Kerry Russell from Felicity. I'm sure you guys know what it is because it wrapped up years ago. Like, it's actually an old show. But 
Now, I just watched it for the first time. I cannot stop. It's fucking amazing. It's like Kerry Russell and I don't know who the other guy is. They're undercover KGB spies and they're posing as a married couple in the US in the 80s during like the height of the Cold War and like Cold War tensions. It's so good. It's really complex. Like everyone is like double crossing somebody and there's so many characters and then they're all connected and then they have like different aliases and then there's like political stuff going on. It's so well written and smart, but at the same time, like it has heaps of like sex scenes and violence and, you know, spy thriller stuff like people, you know, blowing each other up and planting bombs and then putting on a wig to seduce someone and like fuck them and then kill them. So it's like you get the best of both worlds. Like you get all the action packed stuff and then you actually get like a smart show with depth. It's fucking amazing. For years, I actually assumed that I, I don't know. I just thought it was like Quantico or like some shit like free to wear like CIA show or something, but it's kind of more like the Sopranos kind of vibe. I love it. I think I need to plow through all of these like prestige cable shows before lockdown ends. And you guys know that I actually started Girls recently too. Like I was like a decade late to Girls, but again, Girls was another one where I'm like, this looks lame because, you know, Lena Dunham's whack. And then I actually watch it. I'm like, oh, it's fucking like this show's so good. But I had to stop watching it because- There was an episode where Lena Dunham was, oh my God, I can't even say it. It was something with cotton. Oh, I'm I'm actually getting grossed out. I'm getting like chills through my body trying to say it. She was doing something with a cotton bud because it's so gross. And then I fast forward at that scene. I'm like, okay, I can't watch this episode anymore. So I'll just skip the episode and I'll watch the next episode. I turned on the next episode and it opens with her doing the same thing with the cotton bud and... I'm just like, I'm not, I can't watch her doing this. So I turned it off and I haven't gone back to it. I don't know if I will. I, it still gives me the heebie jeebies. I just need to like get the image of her with the cotton bud out of my head and then maybe I can keep watching. So, all right, let's just talk about Housewives because I know you want to hear that. Um, I've got a lot to say about Roni more than Beverly Hills, but I'm getting so many messages about Beverly Hills. So let's address that. Uh, Okay, you guys all want my thoughts on this Erica Jane stuff, right? Because the last episode, she opened up more about the, whatever the court, I don't know what it is, what a court case, a trial, whatever the fuck's going on with Tom Girardi. She opened up about that and then Garcelle questioned her and then she went off at Garcelle, which was pretty funny. I love when Erica goes off. Um, I don't like really have an opinion. Like, (laughs) I know you guys like so invested in this Erica legal drama, like, I'm I'm not not invested in it, but I'm just, like, I just watch the show and I'm like, that was fun. And then, like, I think about something else. Like, I'm not sitting there with, like, big opinions about it. Nothing has changed for me since the start of the season, which was that this is an ongoing legal matter and I'll wait for the court verdict or trial verdict, whatever. That's, that's my thoughts on it. And everyone's obsessed with it, I guess, because there's this true crime element to it, but... I don't know. I just, I love the season. It's fun. I'm having fun watching it. I'm enjoying the ride. The Erica stuff for me, it's not any more entertaining than like Crystal and Sutton going at it or like, you know, Kathy Hilton being quirky. Like just all of it. I'm like, this is fun. And that's how I feel about it. I don't know. Everyone messages me. Oh my God. What do you think about what happened with Erica? I'm like, the same thing as before. None of us know the answer to whether she knew about this stuff with Tom and it's an edited reality show and then the court will rule what it does and they'll have fucking files and 
documents and records that people can go through and figure what she knew and what she didn't know. No one actually knows yet. And I thought The Housewife and The Hustler was boring too. That, you know, that special they did. Like, I read one or two articles on the Erica Jane case at the start. And, like, I'm good. Like, I get the gist of it. Meanwhile, everyone else has turned into this, like, Facebook group, true crime Karen. I mean, the obsession with this case, it's a lot. Like, you guys should actually call up the FBI and see if you can form a new department since I think you guys have all the answers on Erica, right? You guys know everything about her. Please call up the FBI, form your own department, uh, go and do it, solve some crimes for us. I don't know. I just... Tom's guilty. Like, Tom's clearly guilty. Like, I did. I watched Housewife and the Hustler. I heard those phone calls that he made. He's just a creepy grifter, scammer. None of us know what Erica knew. We'll know when the trial's over. That's it. Nobody's shown me any overwhelming evidence or proof that Erica knew. You're all just guessing. Like, yeah, she probably knew there was some dirty dealings going on, but that's, like, all ultra-wealthy people. Like, they're all fucking con artists to varying... Like, Tom's an extreme case, but... They're all like that. I mean, that's what super rich people are like. People also think that Erica was caught in a lie last episode about how Tom calls her. Uh, like, oh my God, she let slip that she's still in communication with Tom, but she's not supposed to be. But I don't think she slipped up. I think that people want to see the worst in her right now. So they're analyzing this to an insane degree. And I feel like people are so fixated on it, they are jumping to conclusions because it's like so many of the viewers hate her and they already have this narrative in her head where it's like she's guilty and they feel like they know exactly what happened. So they're just waiting for anything that they can already fit into this narrative. So anytime she does anything, they make it fit into like what they already believe to be the truth when the truth is that you guys don't actually know. But Zach Peter at the No Filter podcast, he had some interesting tea. Uh, it was from like a source. I mean, I can't verify it. I'm just saying what he said. Uh, you'll have to listen to his show, but he said that the scene where Erica told Crystal and Garcelle about Tom calling her, that that was all done through, like, Frankenbiting and editing. So they took some hot mic audio of Erica and Crystal when they were in the van. They didn't think they were being filmed. And then they spliced that together with some other stuff. They played it over the footage of them walking with Garcelle away from the mountain to make it look like a conversation. Then the producers got Garcelle to keep bringing up that Tom called her because, remember, she had brought it up, like, two times three times, two times. She definitely, like, she brought up once, I remember, with Erica, and Erica kind of was like, oh, yeah, and she brushed it off. And then when, like, everyone else sat back down, Garcelle's like, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but didn't Tom call you? And that's why Erica snapped. And then, you know, because that was, like, an off-camera thing, and she felt like she'd been set up and that, the you know, Garcelle had worked with the producers or maybe Garcelle was even being used as a pawn without knowing, like, maybe Garcelle didn't understand what she was doing. And then we heard the audio of Erica crying in the toilet, and she was like, you know, I've given you so much, I've been so open, you know, but apparently the context of that is that that was to the producers, it wasn't anything to do with Garcelle, it was just like, wow, you guys have totally set me up after I've tried really hard to give you all this, but, you know, I guess... Zach can explain it better than me, but sounds like the producers wanted this, you know, they needed a big moment with Erica for the show. But again, maybe maybe she is lying and she's maybe she's Tom's right hand man. I don't fucking know. Whatever. I was more invested in Denise Richards and Puppygate and all of that, because as I keep saying, this is a legal thing. No one knows. We'll find out at the end of the trial. Case closed. Uh 
I think the Jen Shah case is more interesting to follow because she's clearly guilty of something. And that's like, she was like the kingpin, you know, it wasn't... Because with the Tom and Erica thing, it's like, well, Tom's the mastermind. And then it's like, well, did Erica know? Whereas with the Jen Shah thing, it's like she was running this telemarketing scam and a total crook. And then on top of that... She knew that, like, the feds were onto her, and then she still went and did a TV show because it's like she let her thirst and fame for attention jeopardize her entire life. So, from a psychological perspective, that is more fascinating to explore than the Erica Jane stuff because it's like, wow, you, like, risked everything just to be on TV. Whatever. Um, okay, so Housewives of New York, uh, just so you know, Leah and I didn't get into the Ebony stuff that much because there was a lot of show-related things that we couldn't talk about because the reunion is coming up. And then obviously Leah and Ebony are friends, so I wasn't going to just like sit there trashing Ebony for 10 minutes to Leah's face. Like, what was Leah going to say, you know? Obviously she's going to defend her friend like she has on social media. We already know how she feels about it. I didn't think it was that interesting. But I can talk about Ebony here with you guys right now because a few days ago, a bombshell story about Ebony dropped in the Daily Mail, and it's very interesting. There has been a lot of leaks coming out of Roni this season. Uh, I'm sure you guys have been following it in like Page Six and Daily Mail and Radar Online and everywhere else. And most of these stories are about Ebony. But this one was a like a whole in-depth investigative <laughs> expose on Ebony. And it goes back to a shoplifting charge from 20 years ago, all through to her time at Fox News, to her stint on The Housewives. By the way, I don't really think they should have brought up the shoplifting charge because I think she was 18 or something. And they put it in the headline. It's like, really? You're actually putting that in the headline? They made it kind of sound like she shoplifted, you know, two years ago when she was a teen. I mean, she's actually a teenager. So... I thought that was poor form, but I'm not going to read you out the whole article because it's too long, but here are the cliff notes, right? So, there's a rift between Ebony and the cast. Ebony is doubling down on everything and refusing to pull back on all the social justice stuff. When Ebony auditioned for Housewives, she had a different persona and it wasn't political. And then as soon as they started filming, that's when she went into full activist mode they were blindsided, like producers or cast members, or I don't know, someone was blindsided by her personality change, and she didn't listen to producers when they suge- suggested that she lighten up on the show. She just kept pushing it, you know, so I guess the producers told her. We saw that scene where Leah sort of tried to gently tell her, and she acted like she was taking it on board, but clearly she didn't. They say in this article that Ebony came into the show with an agenda that was at the expense of other people because, you know, we know that she's calling people white supremacists and everything, so it's kind of like she's sacrificing them to uplift herself and the image that she's pushing up of herself. Ebony's ex-fiance, this is the guy that she mentioned on the show that had the kids that she wanted nothing to do with, uh, he is a rich old white man in his 50s who works at a private equity firm. She had no interest in getting to know his kids, which the article says that and Ebony kind of said that herself. So, I mean, she gave a more detailed, nuanced explanation of it on the Kate Casey podcast. Um, which that that interview with Kate Casey made her sound so conservative, by the way, which is funny. She's just like a traditional... I would say she's like the most conservative person on Roni, which is hilarious. Um, so apparently the fiancé was paying for her apartment in New York, which is fine. Like, I don't think that's a negative. That I mean, you're a younger, beautiful woman. Why shouldn't you have a rich old guy paying for your rent if you can do it? Good for you. Uh, it says Ebony's type of men, she loves 
rich white Jewish man. Uh, Ebony claimed that she joined Fox News as a disrupt as a disruptor. That's what she said in interviews, according to the Daily Mail and their sources. That's a lie, and then they proved that by uh, referencing like multiple clips of her that are circulating online where she has very conservative talking points. Uh, some source says that she created a progressive woke persona since joining the housewives and that's not authentic. She only practiced law from age 23 to 27 and she was always just interested in a TV career. So the law degree really was just like a stepping stone to get on TV as like a legal analyst, you know. Uh, Apparently, Ebony was a total diva while working at Fox News. She had a huge ego. She was, quote, horrible to work with. And if Ebony is back next season, the producers and everyone is, like, praying that she will take a different approach and basically be, like, a different person, because clearly she's not working out on the show. Again, it's very long and in-depth, so I suggest that you go and read the entire thing yourself. Uh, In the article, they do include a lengthy response from Ebony, which I think is good, and you should all read that as well, because she denies everything. She says that she is friends with Sonia and Leah. She says that she had dinner with Ramona recently. Uh, She says that the negative stories about her in the press are, quote, a systematic attack on the credibility of a black woman, end quote. She also brought up white supremacy, microaggressions uh, in her response. She compared herself to Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles. She said that things ended amicably with her and Fox News and that she's one of the most credible people you will ever meet in your entire life. Of course, she said that. Okay, so here are my thoughts. First of all, I think there's truth to the Daily Mail article, and I think, of course, there's some truth to Ebony's response back. Again, it's like there's two sides of the story. The truth's always somewhere in the middle. But as someone who works in this industry, I there's definitely truth to these negative stories that are coming out about Ebony because at this point there has been so many with, like, multiple sources that – This is bigger than, you know, Luann with an agenda calling up page six to plan a story about Ebony. Like, this is so much bigger than that at this point. With all the sources coming out of the woodwork, there is 100% truth to some of this stuff. Now, sure, some of it might be biased. Some of it might be leaving out good things about Ebony to paint a picture of her. But there is a lot of truth to stuff coming out about her, for sure. Just because I know how the media works. I know how these tabloids work. I know just by the sound of the sources that they have and how many they have that there's credibility. I know that the Ebony stands out there, they want to pretend that it's all fake. It's not. You know, major media outlets like the Daily Mail, they do not just sit around the office inventing quotes out of thin air. They are speaking to people. I don't have any insider info specifically, so I just want to stress that. So, I'm not talking with specific insider knowledge. I'm just talking about, you know, my experience in this industry and knowing how things work. But, you know, Ebony's castmates, some of her castmates are definitely leaking on her, you know, probably like Luann or Ramona or something. I don't know. I'm just guessing because I know she's not getting along with. Uh, I know she's not getting along with Luann, but I feel like it could be Luann, Sonia or uh, Ramona. It could be any one of them. It could be multiple ones. But I also think Bravo is leaking about her. Definitely insiders within Bravo and possibly... Uh, Bravo themselves through their PR department because I think they want this out there about Ebony because I think they're probably quite scared of Ebony uh, because they know that if they fire Ebony, she's going to go on a PR offensive and talk about being fired as the first black housewife. 100% she will, so I think they want to kind of get this out there to cover their asses. 
And, you know, Ebony, she really is so fake. Like I'm saying, the article, even if it's biased, it did paint more of a picture of who she is. Like, okay, think of it this way. Okay, so Ebony goes to parties with Jill Zarin. Like she runs in those circles. She dates old, rich white men in their 50s that are up there with, you know, the white bankers and the rich New York elite. She works at Fox News for four years. Then she comes on The Housewives and on camera, all of a sudden, is concerned that her castmates are white supremacists. Give me a fucking break. That does not add up. It's so contrived. And then in that scene when she brought up about white supremacy, which was so... I can't believe she even said that on camera. But she was like, oh, if you voted for Trump because of the taxes, I'm down with that. Okay, so Ebony wants tax cuts for the rich. So Ebony hates poor people. I mean, I'm not jumping to conclusions, but Ebony likes to jump to conclusions about race. So... Maybe I will jump to a conclusion. Maybe I'll jump to an economic conclusion since she jumps to racial conclusions. So elitist Ebony hates poor people, period. Sorry, Ebony, just playing by your rules. It's just so clear she's not a fit for the show. I've already done the Ebony rant before, but I just got to say, like, I need to add this. It's not even just the race and the social justice stuff that isn't a fit. Like, because she toned that down the last couple of episodes and then she was, like, trying to track down a long-lost sister on FaceTime and then nothing came of it. And when Melissa Gorga did it, all of you guys, all of you fucking Housewives fans were like, this is the most worst, fakest, most boring storyline I've ever seen. So let's keep the same energy with Ebony. Uh, Ebony just brings nothing. And... Like, everything else on the season's pretty good. Like, when Ebony's not in it that much, or there's, like, group scenes with the other girls and other stuff going on with them, I'm like, New York's fine. Like, I don't think there's any issue with the show. (laughs) Everything else is good. And then look at the difference between Ebony and Bashan. Like, Ebony has her own solo storylines, and they're so dull. And then with Bashan, it's like... Every time the camera's on her, like, it's funny. Like, when she was jumping jack, doing jumping jacks in a room and she was repeating those motivational quotes, that was funny. Or even this other episode the other week, there was a party and Bashan wasn't featured that much, but Leah and Ebony were talking about that naked art model and about his wiener and it was showing Bashan's reaction shots and, like, that was so funny. It's just, like... Bashawn just sort of lights up the screen when she's on. I don't know if she's full-time material because she's very thirsty, but she's just as a fit for the show, whereas Ebony is like Peggy Sulahi in 2.0. Like, it just it's so weird. It just doesn't fit. And I can't believe there's anyone still watching that is trying to continue to deflect and be like, Leah's the problem, or the problem's that you don't have Bethany. It's like, no, Ebony's the problem. Meanwhile, Ebony was on The View the other day, her favourite show. We know The View is her dream job, so it was nice to see her there. And you know what? I actually think she did a fucking great job. I mean, when she talked about the housewife stuff, that was like unbearable and she had her fucking fake ass talking points and stuff. But then when Megan McCain, her old Fox News colleague, besties, Ebony and Megan McCain, when she asked her some political questions, Ebony was like on fire. I was like, yes, Ebony, go. Like, she's so much smarter than these fucking beasts on The View. Like, all of them combined, Ebony is better than them. Like, People have talked about Ebony potentially replacing Megan on The View, and, you know, since they're both so conservative, I could totally see it, but I actually think Ebony's too smart for The View. Like, I don't get how she would fit in, because it's like, The View is like, let's just get the dumbest women in America and have them read, like, trash propaganda off a note card, and Ebony does actually have a brain, and she does think for herself, and she actually has a very... Uh, good understanding of politics, way more than the fucking crash test dummies on The View do. So I'm like, 
you know what? You have to bring Ebony in and then get rid of those dummies and, like, put some, like, higher caliber people caliber people on so they can actually come up to Ebony's level and they need to get rid of Whoopi. I do not know how people are still fans of Whoopi. Whoopi. She's fucking senile. I was watching her in these clips and I'm like, she's like Joe Biden. Like, she can't even introduce a segment properly. She doesn't know where the fuck she is. Like, I do have a lot of respect for her as an actress and an entertainer and all of that. When I was like a kid, I used to love that movie. She's in Jumpin' Jack Flash. We love Whoopi, but she is riding with Biden to, all the way to fucking, like, Neptune or something. She's not on planet Earth. She does not even know where she is half the time. She can't even read off a fucking cue card. Like, she's just off the charts. And then Joy is a nightmare. Megan's an idiot. Anna Navarro is the closest thing to Satan I've probably ever seen. She's... Oh, I can't, don't even get me started on Anna Navarro. Sunny, just the biggest sellout ever. Sunny the sellout. And then there's that boring blonde one. I do not even know what her fucking name is. She's a total nothing. She's like a cloud in the sky. It's like the women are sitting there and then there's a cloud on the chair next to them. I just think they should clean house, put Ebony in the chair and get some new girls on there. Ebony roasted Cuomo, by the way, which was great. Uh, I really enjoyed Cuomo's downfall because it's like his entire rise and fall just captures what's wrong with the partisan American media and just how fucking stupid these you know, activist celebrities are. Like, if you're not following it, say if you're in Australia and you don't know what's going on, Andrew Cuomo, New York governor, he has been Me Too'd. 11 women came forward. They accused him of sexual harassment. So that's done him in. But he's had a bunch of scandals that go way back that are just as bad, if not worse, than the Me Too stuff. And, of course, the media ignored it all and turned him into this superstar. So, you know, Cuomo sent elderly people back into the nursing homes, like, during the COVID pandemic, and then, like, so many of them died. And then his office tried to cover it up. They lied about the number of deaths. Then his brother, Chris Cuomo, who was totally corrupt too and has a CNN show that's really popular, he, like, didn't cover any of the scandals, but then he would have his brother on, like, he would have Andrew on and they would do these like gushing segments about how they're uh, you know brothers and they're so fun and they'll play around with props like it's meant to be the news and they're playing around with like giant like q-tips and stuff on air it was so bad um what else has fucking Cuomo done oh my god he wrote a book about like defeating COVID and like leading New York through the pandemic and the crisis. Um, he released it in October, so obviously started writing it months earlier at like the height of COVID, and he got five million bucks off it. This is with the nursing home scandal and everything, and actually doing a shit job of handling COVID and like lying and being like totally corrupt. Like there is so much stuff. He's such a scumbag. Like just the worst. I mean. The typical politician in every negative sense of it. And the reason I bring it up is that, like, the media and the celebrities, like, they turned him into this huge star because he gave these charismatic press conferences when COVID first started. People became obsessed with him. They weren't even good press conferences, by the way. They were, like, so cheesy. They looked like scenes from, I mentioned, like, Quantico earlier. Like, they looked like scenes from some fucking, like, shit, like the new NBC uh, cop drama starring who's a fucking like some B I'm trying to think of someone lame um what I can't even think of any actors you guys know the vibe I'm going for so 
He became this big star. Every celebrity, like, wanted to date him. The media did stories on the Cuomo sexual craze, which was about, you know, how everyone's just attracted to Cuomo and they identify as Cuomo sexuals and people made, like, pillow merch with Cuomo sexual on it. Like, it was insane. You can't even make it up. Like, if you put the events of, like, Cuomo's career and the media reaction to it into a movie... You would only be able to get away with it if it's like this camp, like satire, like a campy, like a Christopher Guest thing or something. Because if you tried to play it straight in like a serious drama, like no one would believe you because it wouldn't even be plausible. So Chelsea Handler was like leading the pack of celebrities that were Cuomo sexuals and loving him. She basically went on a publicity tour for months about how she loved Cuomo. And then this report came out that was investigating Cuomo, you know, the whole Me Too thing. And in there, they had um, quotes about how Cuomo told one of his aides that he would never want to date Chelsea because she's nuts and he just had no interest in her. So while Chelsea was on her little media tour gushing about Cuomo, he was like, yeah, no thanks. I'm not dating this fucking crazy cat lady. Like, so embarrassing for her. By the way, Chelsea has gone back to being a podcaster now, and I was checking the charts uh, to compare her to her old frenemy, Heather McDonald. And Heather's Juicy Scoop podcast is higher than Chelsea's. So I just thought that was really funny. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Anyway, I just wish they could do an investigation on how the media covered Cuomo. Or they need to do like a documentary on that. That will be very interesting about like fake news and how the media covers for corrupt politicians and stuff. That would be very interesting. Um, Those whack jobs at The View, by the way, I think they've turned on him by now, but they loved him before. Like, he was their favourite. Remember they were wet for, um, what was that, the the Trump guy, Michael Avenetti? (laughs) They loved him too. They're so stupid. I can't. Actually, I'm being mean. Okay, let me just stop because they are just reading, like, what's on their cue cards. I know they don't have opinions of their own, so they're just doing what they're told and getting paid a lot, but they're stupid. Anyway, let me shout out my latest Patreon subscribers and I'll bring Leah out. Um, I think I forgot to do this last week and I can't remember who I even shouted out last. So some of you are probably getting a double shout out. So thank you, Amanda, Benjamin, Christina, Alyssa, Lynn, Rebecca, Catherine, Stephanie, Joe, Christine, Julie, Jennifer, Marion, Tori, Theo, and Lady Burton. If anyone wants to subscribe and support the pod, it's patreon.com slash unpopular jp for the price of an ice latte you get a few bonus episodes a month you can submit questions for me to answer keep it very real on patreon including thoughts about my guests and like other podcasters and just stuff that i don't cover on here sometimes i do more reality stuff like i've done beverly hills on there i've done some bachelor stuff on there it's just whatever i'm feeling at the time i actually had a covid rant on the most recent one about COVID and the media and vaccines. It's not what you think, though. It wasn't like a anti-vax thing. It was It was more of a... I elaborated more on some of the COVID stuff that I talk about with Leah, actually, which you're going to hear in like a couple of minutes. Um, so yeah, make sure you're following me on social media at UnpopularJP. Leave me a review on iTunes if you can. It helps a lot. Uh, a lot of haters out there, so we need to keep the good reviews coming. And thanks a lot, guys. Here we go. Enjoy. Okay, guys, I have one of my favorite housewives on today. You know that I'm fucking obsessed with her. She's either (laughs) like the fan favorite or the most hated housewife, depending on what day you check Twitter. Please welcome (laughs) Leah McSweeney. Oh, my God. What an intro. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> Shout out to Shira for hooking us up. Oh, I know. <laughs> she she's connected us. Yeah, she's um, awesome. You just came back from your like from your Jewish lessons, right? No, they actually got canceled tonight. Oh, because you look Which really is very glam. rare. No, this is this is yeah, this is not how I show up to conversion class. By the way, um, I had my last confessional of the season. Okay, because I'm like, why do you like? That's why I look up? like this. Yeah, because you have this hot. You've got this hot Jewish guy that's like teaching you. I saw on Instagram like these hot gay guys or something that are like your conversion teachers. Oh no! Oh my god, those are my friends. That's crazy. If you think that, I mean, that's one of them's my agent, and one of them is my friend. Who's? I mean, they're definitely not the rabbis. Let's put it that way. They're my (laughs) like gay Jews, like that are my mentors also. I thought maybe it was like a modern thing. Like they were kind of like hip Kabbalah Jewish gays or something. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. The Kabbalah vibe. You know, I uh, referenced you on my last episode because I was kind of talking about how certain, like I was half joking, but I was talking about how certain celebrities like Chrissy Teigen and Chelsea Handler, they need Jesus or they need some like religion or some structure in their life. And I feel like you you recognize that because you've said before that you're kind of doing it more for like a, you know, a structural thing and a spiritual thing and just to help your life. I I need it. Like I'm well aware that I need all the help I can get. Like I'm like Jews, please take me because the Catholics are over it. Like I'm done with them. Um, I even felt bad. Like after I actually apologized to Ramona, like during like, like off camera, like I called her, I was like, I'm so sorry that like, I publicly, I never said her name and I wasn't, people got it very twisted. Like when I was dragging her, I'm putting that in air quotes about the pandemic behavior, which look, it wasn't about her traveling. I never cared about her going to Florida. It wasn't about that. I was talking about the way she was behaving on social media, but even that I kind of felt bad because I didn't mean to start a pile on, you know? And then the press took it out of, they like went and ran with it. And at the time I also didn't realize how powerful or how much people are watching like and listening to everything we say and will it will end up being a headline i never want to be the, that person you know yeah well, i feel like you also get triggered by ramona just like sort of the hypocrisy and stuff it's not as much the behavior you just don't like because she judged you a lot so then you yeah know, i was holding you... on to that shit too for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. um you know you've had a really good week the co-sign from rihanna how fucking cool is that she's just the fucking most cool ass badass bitch literally like probably like the coolest person like ever <laughs> well definitely yeah, no, of this she, generation she is without a doubt she's 100 percent the fucking coolest are you selling a lot of bitch mob teas now i am i can't lie i sent her a big fucking crazy bouquet of flowers like i love you <laughs> like thank you <laughs> i love um, the new drop it's like finally something i can wear because everything else was like don't talk about my pussy and i'm like well i can't wear that and i love the bitch mob <laughs> stuff <laughs> oh my god i'm dying <laughs> i think and your stuff should have got sent out by the way oh yes i yeah. mean it's gonna be even cooler now like that rihanna's wore it it's like oh fuck god, yes the right. timing when and she you wore wanted that, it before she wore it Yes, so yeah. my taste, everyone. Let's acknowledge that. You know, when 
you know, when she wore it, I was like, okay, in my head, I'm like, Leah had better have sent that fucking package out because if this T-shirt <laughs> sells out now because Rihanna wore it and I don't get one. <laughs> no, I got you. Um, what other music do you listen to? Obviously, Rihanna, like Lil' Kim. We're both Lil' Kim fans, actually. We're huge Lil' Kim fans. I do. I listen to, I actually listen to the Anti album, like, almost, I listen to it so much, like, it is so fucking good. It makes me feel so good. I love going on walks. Like I just, that's how I like stay sane too. I just walk like a lot. I've been trying to walk like 15,000 steps a day and I just listen to anti and it's just amazing. I love Azealia Banks too. Shout out Azealia. Um, Do you like I listen- song? I obviously of course yes and also the sh- uh, we were just texting back and forth me and her because we're gonna make a shirt for her uh show at webster hall which happens to be on my birthday also um i listened to kanye i listened to britney i listened to lil wayne i listened to like old house music i listened to like newer rap stuff because my daughter made like a playlist so i listen to shit i don't even know who these people are i'm like little kj like i don't even know like what who where i have no idea i'm cool well, you were on an episode of love and hip-hop were you like trying to get on love and hip-hop or was that just like a it just happened no it was a coincidence it was not a coincidence i wasn't trying to get on it but i guess i knew one of the i can't remember how they reached out to me but they were like hey you know, we want to film like Rich is going to bring one of his new artists to can they can he come to your showroom to try out? No, this is a crazy story. Can they come to your showroom, you know, to try stuff on? We'll film there. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. They come. Of course, I'm here. I'm showing them stuff. He's you know, no one's acknowledging me. I'm just showing them, you know, sweatshirts and stuff. Then, like, I guess the com- competition or whoever, like the arch enemy walked in and she's like, what is she doing here? They started beating the shit out of each other. I went running. The walls were shaking. The pictures were falling off the walls. And the other people in the showroom, I shared the showroom. It wasn't only mine. There was all these other brands. So the other brand owners were like, what the fuck? Run for cover, duck. <laughs> and they had like a fucking EMT come to check the girl. She was bleeding. It was fucking crazy. So it wasn't like a fake ass, like reality fight. Like this was like going at it. Oh my God. These girls were destroying each other. Yeah, it was crazy. (laughs) Do you watch reality TV in general? I'm going to tell you my, of course, but my favorite show is Love After Lockup. Oh, it's so good. I haven't watched the new season, but I watched like the early seasons with like Clint and Tracy. Oh, Tracy, and Tracy died. Do you that know was that? so upset. Yeah, it Tracy was so upset. That is so sad. And, and she was trying she to was get her shit together. Oh, it was so sad. This season, I will say though, I am, it's kind of fucked up because you're kind of watching like it, the women, when it's like the women that are in prison that are like coming to the guys that are outside, it's kind of like, you know, that the women don't like the guys, obviously they're just using them, but like the guys are trying, it's this crazy game of like, or am I going to fuck you for like me to stay with you or not? And it's kind of crazy because like, it's pretty terrible to have to be in that situation, you know? But then the way that these women work, these guys and use them is kind of awesome also. Because one's not even touching the guy and he's buying her Jordans. He's giving her money. He's got everything. He's bringing her home to mom. I mean, this is real sick, sick people. It's incredible to watch. Yeah, I love it. I feel like it's getting it's getting a little fake now, though. Like, especially when they spin it off into the life after lockup, you can tell that they're just, like, coming up with storylines to, like, keep but, shit going. But you know what? Brittany and Marciano, 
Brittany, I need to say something about Brittany, okay? She's incredible. She is incredible, this woman. She had a, such a terrible upbringing, drug-addicted mother. She was molested. She's been in prison. She now has children. She's her husband. She got, got her mom sober. She's just this family woman who is so smart, introspective, in touch with herself. She's a fucking inspiration, that woman. Yeah, I love her. She's written a book or something as well, I think. I might read oh it. God. Like, I, oh, I'll definitely read it. Feel like I want to support. Been, yeah, she's, like, fucking amazing. Have you watched um, White Lotus yet? I watched a few episodes, yes. I mean, are the you... acting is incredible. The actors <laughs> are great. Well, you know those two girls? They're loosely based on Anna and Dasha from Red Scare. Wait, are they really, though? Yeah, but they're like kind of like a piss take, obviously. Yeah, because they're, like, not – I mean, they're, like – brats yeah they're like assholes they're like bratty teenage versions yeah because they're also like but also like they're not making like some of their shit doesn't make any sense they're like she's a neo-lib and a neo-con and i'm like okay like stop like (laughs) anna and dosh sound way smarter than you guys (laughs) well the mike white who made the show is like a big red scare fan like he listens all the time stop (laughs) what yeah, so I he, fucking, no, this is yeah. amazing. He's incredible. He's so incredible. And it makes me so happy he's listening to them. Yeah, yeah. He loves it. I um I I said to someone, I'm like, really? Like he's a fan. He's like, yeah, like I think heaps of people in Hollywood listen to Red Scare as well. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you and I love Red Scare. Did you are you gonna wear some merch or something on the show? Did you tell me that? I did. Yeah, I do. It's towards the end of the season. I'm pretty sure it'll be in there. I don't know. But yeah, I do. Yeah, I love it. I found Red Scare really comforting more during the Biden presidency, especially because it's kind of like, I don't know, you just want to get out of like the partisan shit fights all the time and just like kind of like make fun of things a bit. It's like cathartic. Oh, it's so cathartic. It's like, oh, wow, people with common sense. This is incredible because I forgot that those people existed because everyone is literally in a cult, like I said, on the show. And when I find people that aren't in the cults, the two cults, (laughs) I'm like, yay! It's hard. I mean, I feel like, but I feel like everything's being a cult now. I was saying it like the last episode, like the Olympics. Then it's like politicized and we're divided. Like the vaccines, stuff, like the literally vaccine, everything. The mass, every single thing has to be. It's either this way or that way, and that's it. It can't be like, well, like I got vaccinated, but I also understand why maybe someone would be like a little shook to get it, but I think they should instead of being like, no. They can't, they can't go to restaurants. They're, they're making us suffer. They're killing people. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. It's actually been getting to me recently. So I was, I would say I was vaccine hesitant at first, but I am, I've decided now, like I'm definitely getting it. It's just, we've had a slower rollout in Australia. So I kind of had like more time to think about it because we didn't have it available. So I was kind of going back and forth about it. Now I'm definitely getting it. I'm waiting for the Pfizer one to like come near my house. I mean, we're in lockdown right now. We're in another lockdown. We can't fucking do anything, but the thing is like the hardcore pro vaccine people, like even if they're right about everything so say they're right about everything just the condescending like talking down to everyone like it doesn't convert people so if your goal is to like get more people onto your side that's not making, the way to do it that's making not jokes about 5g it. and stuff is not gonna it's terrible i actually i got two friends to get vaccinated and not by preaching to them or you know being condescending to them but being like yo your life is gonna be so much easier just get it like, and then one person being like, you're immunocompromised. Like, you really need to get this. Like, what if I make the appointment for you? I'll go with you. Like, you know, whatever. But then I have some friends 
who are completely anti-vax. I know not to even try to talk them into it, you know, but the people who are on the fence, I'm just like, "Mm, I think it's probably a better idea, but I don't want to, I don't want to be responsible if something happens to them getting vaccinated either, you know, but my daughter's vaccinated. I am like, I'm down. Yeah, your approach is good because you and I, I told you that I was vaccine hesitant. You were like, I got it. And you were never like an asshole about it. And I think you and think you said, isn't your brother, your brother's in science or something. And you're like, he totally like vouches for everything about it. And that I trust my brother too. Let's put it this way. All this very smart, educated people I know are vaccinated and are completely for it. I even met someone not long ago or like a few months ago that works for Pfizer who was like, I'm waiting a month and then I'm getting it. So there we go. Yeah. It's just the whole fucking approach for people. Like just, I don't it's know, just crazy. chill out people. But it's, but it's also not like people are like, the Republicans are not getting vaccinated. That's not true. There's a lot of people that aren't. There yeah, are there's... some people who are obviously Trumpers who are like, oh, I'm not getting it in my body, my choice. When it comes to this, not when it comes to abortion, obviously. And those people, there's a lot of other people as well who are like not Trumpers who are not getting it. Yeah, I think it's across I think it's across the board. I don't think you can like box people into like a pro-vax and an anti-vax, but look anyway, but let's not get the media down a whole tries, that's, oh. But that's what the media tries to do. It's like crazy. It's like actually there's a lot of people that like are different politically and don't want the vaccination. Yeah, and there was someone was saying that it's only white, it's only white people, like white Trumpers that aren't getting vaxxed, but like there's a lot of minority groups that aren't getting vaxxed, and that's also like they don't trust the government. Yeah, and they've been like historically like disenfranchised and kept out of healthcare and everything. So there's so many other factors to it, and then it's kind of like fucking like racist to just you know what I mean? Like to be shitting on everyone and there's like other reasons behind it, but yep. let's not go down a whole fucking vax thing. It's already like so <laughs> controversial. Let's talk a little oh, Ronnie because this season, Ronnie. this season is so weird, but like, I think you guys are doing a really good job. Like doing everything like with COVID political protests, an insane election. Like I've never been bored. I can say that. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> We don't have any scandal, big scandals going on. No one in the group is getting arrested. No one's, you know, husband, robbed people, whatever the hell. Uh, I think we've done a great job. I don't care what anyone says. Rihanna's watching it. Sorry. Like, I get a lot of good feedback. I really do. Um, I get it. Some people want to escape. I'm sorry. I wanted to escape also in 2020 and I couldn't. What are some of the, like the obstacles that you guys had, like with the COVID stuff, were you having like, you can only have this amount of people in here and stuff. When I tell you like our production company is owned by a huge company and those protocols that were in, that were set to film in New York city were crazy. Everyone had to, we, we couldn't film in a restaurant with other people. The whole place had to get shut down. Now, how many, Is that your dog's fighting? I'm sorry. My I'm dogs sorry. are basically like having sex with each other and killing each other at the same time. Can you idiots stop? Come on, babies. I can hear them like tearing each other apart. You're being nuts. Come on, stop. Both of you, stop. They're so crazy. I love them. Um, <laughs> so basically, like, think about it. Wait, look at this is Ruby. Oh my god, that's so Ruby. is that Chihuahua? Yeah, this is I Ruby. This is Angel. Oh my god, you got two chi- I didn't realize you had two Chihuahuas. I know because oh god, Ruby, so Ruby is new. Kiss each other and make up. Oh okay. god, they're literally kissing right now, you yeah. guys. If you- okay, go. Go. Um, um 
But think yeah, about all it. The New York City, okay? We were shut down. No one was here. Restaurants, we couldn't sit inside at restaurants. Like, it wasn't allowed. Restaurants had to... And then when we had to film, the rules were like, no one could be on set with us. Like, no one could be in that location unless they were COVID tested, unless they were, you know... Um, it was had to go through so many things that it was nuts. And our production, like, kept... We got shut down, like, three times. There was, like, one super spreader event. I'm not going to say who had it. Maybe it'll be in. I don't know. It's not who you think it is, though. I got exposed to COVID twice. So I had to quarantine for a total of a month. I know that's nothing for you because you're in (laughs) Australia. That's locked down all the time, but it was, it was crazy. I was like, how are we like, and I mean, for me emotionally, like I was not okay. Like I was not like, I was like, didn't, did not feel good. (laughs) Was it adding to your stress a lot? And even just like waiting around, I guess, before, like, instead of just arriving to a scene, you're probably like have standing there for fucking an hour, like waiting for the COVID shit to, You know what? Well, I mean, one time we were like waiting. There was like a woman we were supposed to eat with. I don't want to like give too much away. Well, it was like me and Ebony and like we were going to eat with her friend and her friend was waiting at the other side of the place waiting for the COVID test to come back and they wouldn't come back. So then we couldn't even film the whole thing because the woman couldn't be in the thing with us. It was like crazy. I'm like, what are we doing here? But I think that filming was not the only only thing that was very stressful for me was the Hamptons because of like my grieving and like how, what I was dealing with. And then after that though, having a show was actually like such, it was helpful. It was like a bright spot in my life. Yeah. You've kind of had a tough time since you joined the show actually, because obviously you had all the family stuff with your grandmother and the COVID things this year. And then your season before, wasn't that like Bethany pulled out last minute and then Tinsley quit mid season. Like your two seasons have been like a fucking shit show. It's literally just getting thrown curveballs all day and trying to figure out how to deal with them. You know, I love, um, I love watching Ramona, like you and Ramona are both my favorite, like every scene that you guys are in. And I was thinking, okay, I swear to God, this isn't shade because it's going to sound like I'm shading Ramona. I'm not, but you know how she's always shitting herself. I mm-hmm. feel like she should get a Depends commercial literally. Cause I feel like she could get a lot of fucking money from that. Cause Lisa oh Rinna did it. She would get so much money. It would be great. I honestly don't even know if the shit thing is like, I'm like, are you doing this on purpose to like say, like, I don't get it. Like, I really don't get it. And don't, I have to save it for the reunion. So I don't want to say too much. <laughs> okay. No, no, it's all, it's all good. I, I mean, I feel like the shitting's real because she, the way she tried to cover it, she's like, it's just makeup. It's makeup, well, silly. Oh, I makeup, silly. I would <laughs> literally blow my brains out if... My shit was on national television. I swear to God. I'd be like, bye. I'm done. Nope. Life is over for me. I'm never getting laid again. Gotta give it to the woman. No one's eating my ass. You announced that on the show. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, I just don't know how you... She doesn't care. It's crazy. It's like really no fucks given. Like, you know how like no fucks given? She's actual no fucks given. (laughs) I love it. Um, so they added Ebony this season. How did you and her meet? Like, were you friends before the show? Like, what was that situation? Um, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it's obvi- we had a lot of mutual friends, I will say. We lived in the same area, and we did meet before the show started filming. And like at a party we, or something. We quickly became friends and bonded, and I, she's great. She is great. Okay. And I think that she's getting a very... Um, look, she's a polarizing person. Okay. She's, she doesn't give fucks either. 
I think that she's didn't have an easy, she wasn't put into an easy situation and I think she handled it the best she could. There's a lot more to Ebony than what everybody's seeing. I don't think that, I don't think any of us got to be our full selves this season. So it's, sucks for her that it's her first season and people are getting to know her during a COVID season because um, there's just a lot of, she's a very dynamic individual and people have the wrong, uh, some people have the wrong idea of her. Yeah. We are only kind of seeing one side of her, I think, you know, with all, with her coming in and then obviously there's a lot of like political talk and racial talk and stuff on the season Mm -hmm. and you, you're like super unfiltered. Were you ever feeling like I'm scared if I say the wrong thing or something, I'm going to get backlash no, I mean, I know I'm getting backlash like for everything I do. Um, I wasn't scared. I kind of was like, oh, I don't think the audience is going to love this. Like, I kind of thought that in my head, but I was also like, fuck it. Like, we're not going to be, I'm not going to be fake. Like, I'm not going to say the things that I'm supposed to say. Mommy's working. Shh. I'm not going to say the things that people that I think will be the popular thing to say for like my fan base or whatever the fuck. I don't want that. I want to be myself. Um I knew that there were like a lot of serious moments and that kind of thing. But I, I think that the people that we want watching the show and being interested in it are still watching it. And if they finish the season with us, they're going to see a beautiful story and with a beautiful arc. I mean, if people are so triggered and such snowflakes that they're like, yeah, they're talking about black impressions and then they have to turn the show off. What the fuck's wrong with you? Well, I think you're doing a good job. Like, I liked the scene with you and Ebony where you sat her down because I feel like you were kind of like, you were on a bit of a tightrope there. Like, we could see it. I was like, 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 oh, fuck, let me not say something and blow everything up. Well, it's like you've got it. You keep it real, but then you've also, you kind of do it in a respectful way, I think. Well, I want to be sensitive to her. I want to say, you know, I don't want to, like, censor her or you know, try to lead her in one way or the other. But I also wanted to give my feedback, which is like, take it or leave it, you know? And of course I'm not in her situation, but just from my experience with the women, like I was trying to tell her, Hey, I think that like just being their friend or being in their life is going to teach them, but it's up to her how she does it in the long run. Yeah, exactly. She expresses. I don't want anyone telling me how to express myself, you know, so I wanted to be careful. But I'm also like people gave me constructive feedback last season and I listened to it, you know, or I didn't listen to it or whatever. And that's what I was trying to do in that moment. But it was definitely I was a what, little shook. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of um, feedback did you get last season? Well, there was this one time in particular after Rhode Island, Dorinda. And I even told this story to Ebony. Um, Dorinda after Rhode Island was like, look, you, because there was stuff that was cut out of Rhode Island. Me and Sonia had a crazy fight in Rhode Island that they took out. I'm not even supposed to be saying this shit, but it was bad. Like it was really bad. Like she was crying. Like she was like, I was really like crazy to her, but she was crazy to me too. Like she came at me about some money, financial shit. And I was like, said some crazy shit back to her. That was all true. And after I know it was, thank God that no one saw it really. It was not pretty. Um, when we got back from that trip, Dorinda was like, look, Sonia's beloved. Yes. You guys had your thing. Ramona is the OG. Like you have to make it right. Like, even if you think you're in the right, you have to make it right with them so we can move on. 
And I took her advice. And that's when I said, I'll apologize for what I've done, but not for who I am. Yeah, well, that's the show. The show's conflict resolution. And you notice that, I mean, and it's, they're kind of good lessons, I think, for real life too. Because in real life, sometimes, I don't know, someone has to be the bigger person and make the first move and go, I'm sorry. And then you literally can like resolve it. So, but that's funny you say that about having this blowout fight with Sonia. Because then this season, we saw her have this insane fight with Bashan. I'm like, wait, is there this like other throwdown Sonia that (laughs) we haven't seen? I mean, she's definitely got more to her than what meets the eye on the show without a doubt what do you feel about people that are saying that you're fake this season which that annoys me because i watch you and i i don't know if it's because we're both virgos i'm like i can relate to like what you're doing on the show and then i see people saying it i'm like fuck off she's not people were saying that last season people thought that in rhode island that was a big act and i wasn't even drunk I was blacked out. I don't even remember that. Like, I had to watch it. I had no idea about a lot of that shit that happened. I was watching it, and it was, like, me experiencing it for the first time. So, um, you know, listen, if I could act, I probably would have acted differently this season, to be honest. I mean, I would have been much more, like, I would have pretended I was having fun in the Hamptons. I would have, like, controlled myself. Like, I would have, I'm, I just can't control my emotions a lot of the time, you know? You would have been giving us like a Zen Wen season. I love you've, been, <laughs> you've been getting a lot of shit, I think, about your politics specifically, which is super weird. And it's like, I look at what people are saying on social media and I, I see like two camps, right? So there's like one side and they're like, she's this super woke, liberal, social justice warrior. And then there's this like other side that's like, she's a secret conservative and she's so oh problematic God. and she's just pretending to be progressive. Okay, like, I mean, it's can so you clear weird. this shit up? Well, yeah, I'm, like, neither, I'm neither of those things. Like, I'm just neither of those things. Um, I don't even know what I am politically, really. Like, I call myself a libertarian, but I'm not really, because I also believe in like reparations and like social programs. And, you know, so I just don't know. I don't, I mean, people want to be able to like say like, what are you mad? But I just, I don't like, I feel different ways about different things. I'm very, I'm very anti-censorship, you know, I'm very free speech, but I'm also like extremely like progressive and liberal in some ways, in a lot of ways, you know? And it's sad because actually free speech, you would think is a liberal value, but it's kind of like more conservative now, even though it's kind of I feel like they don't really care. Like they don't want Cardi B to have free speech and they don't think she should be saying the things she's saying. But, you know, I think there's just so many phonies. And I think that like when we start looking through everything with a political lens, it gets like very narrow and small. And I just try not to do that. Yeah, and I've done that before. Like, I've been there where I've been like that, and now I try actively to not do that because it's, like, so fucking toxic. I kind of think I have the same views as you where I'm, like, all about free speech, anti-censorship. I think, like, kind of anti-establishment, but, yeah, I do still agree with a lot of, like, like progressive social programs and, and like, Completely. welfare stuff. And, I don't even – well, I don't think that – I think we're doing it all wrong, but I think they yeah. should be there, you know? That's yeah. the other thing. I just don't – I think a lot of – people in politics aren't there to help people on both sides and most of them, most of them. Yeah. So, you know, I believe in, um, I do believe that if we, the people came together, it's like, it should be us versus the politicians instead of us versus each other. And the politicians are laughing at us, you know, not to be like, I'm, you know, so extreme about it, but I feel like that's kind of true. 
No, I say that all the time. And I mean, that's why they're, and it's getting worse as well, because then we have things like, say, this Olympic stuff now that's been completely politicized and the pandemic and stuff. And it's like, well, that's what the people in power want. Like, they want us all at each other's fucking throats. And the whole system's so gross. Like, I've actually lost a lot of faith in it really the last year, Mm -hmm. especially kind of with. I know, like the squad and everything, because you see people go in with like one set of values. And I just don't think you can be inside that system, you know, inside the swamp, whatever you want to call it. I don't think you can be inside Washington and not get corrupted. Like, I just, because I think the forces are so powerful. How can you just be one person and keep who you are? I agree. I completely agree. Um, It's that it's crazy. And that's why when I see people so like, I mean, yeah, I see, I really don't read the comments anymore. I just post and it's weird. Like I have this amazing, like, like transition this season where I'm like, wow, like I don't get affected anymore. Like I open it up. It can say the worst things like you're this, you're that. I used to be like, Oh God, I need to respond. They don't understand me. And I'm like, I don't care if they understand me or not. (laughs) I just don't care. Yeah, and you still get you still get a lot of shit, which is so. This it actually infuriates me because I hate this across the board about uh, twenty sixteen when you didn't want to vote for Trump or Hillary. People bring that up all the time. They still bring that up with Susan Sarandon too, uh, because she oh, supported Bernie. Oh my god! Oh, because she supported Bernie. Yeah, well, she oh, supported well, Bernie, and then when they he should have been the fucking yeah. candidate. Like, what the hell? Yeah, and then when they rigged that against him, she supported Jill Stein, and then it's like people bring it up all the time, and it's like Susan Sarandon's not fucking responsible for who you know for Trump getting in power. I mean, or honestly, like- people get the fuck out of my business and like get over it. I mean, really, like it's not. It's I can't believe people really have nothing else to to be mad about. Then if that's what you're mad about. Well, it's also like, why are you getting, you're getting mad at the wrong people as well. Like, get a mad, mad at the people in power. Like, don't get mad at the, like, fucking, like, the pleb voters, whether it's Susan I Sarandon don't. or Liam McSweeney or the person down the road, you know? It's totally me and Susan Sarandon's <laughs> fault, by the way. All, everything. <laughs> um, I don't want fans like that. Those aren't people that, I don't, those people are cuckoo to me. They're, like, the issue. Like, I'm not down with that. I mean, most people are independent anyway. Like, that's how most people identify, I think, the majority. You know, even if you lean, like, left or right, most people think that they're, yeah, that they're, I don't know, the the voting is, especially me being in Australia as well, like, I look at it and it does, like, it looks cult-like, which is why I really liked when you said, like, people, it's like people are in a cult. I'm like, they are. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, everyone was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, is anyone, like, in the same world I'm in? I don't understand. (laughs) I know. And the whole, like, you've got to vote, you've got to vote, like, that pisses me off. Like, obviously, it's good to vote, but, like, you're telling someone who to vote for without telling them. Because when you I'm, say, like, who you should vote like for, it, it doesn't mean, like, vote for, like, the Green Party. It literally means, like, vote for, like, the Democrats. So, that's just super, like, condescending anyway. No, but also, but also, like, Republicans are on that shit, too, for sure. Like, if you told yeah. a Republican, oh, I voted, like whatever, I didn't vote or I voted Green Party or whatever. They're like, you idiot, you know? So it, it is across the board. Of course, liberals just happen to be just very preachy and condescending about everything. But but also, I was, I was never not going to vote this year or last year, whatever it was. I was just saying that I didn't want to partake in early voting. That's literally what she said. And I said, I don't want to partake in early voting. That's what I was talking about. And then I said, yeah. everyone's in a cult. And I was trying to have a nuanced conversation, but of course, everyone's walking on eggshells around that shit. And nobody can even really have a conversation about that. All I took it, as you were saying, and I saw this across with like a lot of people because I was following that election really closely. And a lot of people were like, Biden was not their candidate. Like, say they were like very progressive or whatever. 
And but you know they didn't like Trump, so they were just like, "This is really hard for me because I don't want to support Biden." Two but old I don't ass Trump. white men, literally yeah. two elderly white men. This blows. Yeah, senile old white men, and we also like the and the primary was so diverse as well. Like you did have such interesting people. Like you had Andrew Yang and Tulsi Gabbard and Marianne Williamson. Like you had mm-hmm. like all these different kinds of people, and like Bernie and Mike Ravel and stuff. And it seemed really exciting. It was like, yep. wow, look at all these choices. Like all this promise, we don't have and them. then we actually don't have choices. Like, yeah. hello, we don't have them, guys. <laughs> well, I feel like this election kind of proved it. It was like, oh, okay, so there's. <laughs> Right. There's nothing you could. No. There's there's nothing you could do. Um. Yeah. And you know, I feel like some of the critiques that you bring up on the show as well. Like, say when you critique Ramona, you do it more from like class, like a class based perspective, and people don't even get it because everyone sees everything strictly oh through God, like intersectional racial politics now. I so know. if you say something class, they don't even get it. They're like, wait, what? And they just think that you're, I don't know, they just think that you're like a Karen or something. Yeah, or like I'm just like a lib person that's yeah. like harassing her for being like uh, hanging out at Mar-a-Lago. Like, I don't care. Like, fucking have fun. Uh, it's, it's so annoying. So you were, um, you were a big Andrew Yang supporter. What was it that you liked about him? This is, I'm going to tell you exactly what I liked about this guy. I don't think that he is a corrupt, lying sack of shit. That's what I think. I think he is a good, decent person. He's a decent human being. Did he know what a bodega was? No, I guess he didn't. Okay. Everyone was very upset about that. He likes the 42nd Street, Grand Central, whatever. He loves the, the, the Grand Central, not Grand Central, but Times Square. That's what he likes. The Times Square train stop. I mean, this is what people are upset about, you know. I think he seems like a decent person, okay? Maybe some of the things are a little off the wall, but who fucking, I don't know. He was just, I didn't think he was, I thought that he would do a good job at, um, you know, Trump obviously just, he he wanted to turn us all against each other in so many ways. Like, he had so many chances to unite us, and he fucked ev- at every single corner. He fucked it up every time. I thought Andrew Yang could make things better i don't know yeah i mean i know what you mean with the nice guy i liked him at the start i kind of went off him later but i totally get what you saw in him and there was a huge there was a smear campaign against him like msnbc were erasing him from (sighs) their coverage like he would be higher in the polls than other candidates they would literally erase it was like i know Andrew it's, Yang erasure. It was insane. Like it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. And then I know like really progressive people like didn't like him. But I'm like, okay, well now we're gonna have Eric Adams for mayor. I mean, that's obviously not president, but like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, I'm happy it's not de Blasio, but <laughs> like, I know. It's just like okay, do you have um oh by the way, when you voted for Yang in the um in the the mayoral race i liked mm-hmm. when you went on instagram and you were like yeah. feels so great to vote for someone that i actually believe in yeah i mean really because that hasn't happened you know since obama really since the first term obama yeah and then people were like mad about that like people Good. were like pissed yeah i know but it's like i'll see what you're angry about someone that was in actually inspired by a candidate for once and then like you're mad at them well, people get mad at everything okay <laughs> that's what you have to understand don't you understand that people are mad i do at and everything. it drives it's hard. I'm I'm getting better at like not letting it piss me off. Sometimes I'll just like remove myself from things. Like Ed, like tw- Twitter's so toxic. I'm such. Oh, a that's why. I don't, it's no, like, I don't have it. Twitter's like fucked. Do you feel like because you know before you did Housewives, you were super outspoken. Like you wrote for like Penthouse magazine and everything, and then you step into the Bravo spotlight, and it's like this whole 
different world and things are picked apart in a different way. Is that like, has it been weird for you to to adjust? Because you were already a public figure before, but it wasn't in this way where like everything you say is, you know, being circulated on Twitter and stuff, you know? Sorry that I'm doing this to my hair right now. I don't know what no, I just did. No one can so see. Now, I know, but now my hair, like my extension, like it's all tangled. It's you crazy. look like Psycho Barbie. Look at this. I, think guys, I really do. Leah's okay. been taking out her hair extensions while we've been talking, and it's all tangled up. And she looks like <laughs> the meme of the um of the Barbie doll <laughs> the crack that just got banned. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like <smoke> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, of course I thought about that. Like I'm like, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna be honest. I remember doing the Danny Pellegrino podcast. He's like, who's your like celebrity crush? I'm like, Joe Rogan. (laughs) Like, just because it's actually not, it's Eminem. But like, I'm like, I'll just let people know now so they can figure out if they hate me or like me for that. Uh, I don't want to hide that I'm into dissenting opinions or that I'm curious. And, you know, um, I don't know that I don't know. Maybe I am problematic. No, I don't think so. You've always been like, I read the piece that you did about fighting with your ex-boyfriend over politics. And I thought that was really good because that, that just captured where we are and about how we're all at each other's throats. But then also like that story kind of had a happy ending because you were like, we worked through it and like we fought and then, you know, we we ended up, yeah, we ended up breaking up, but But the article sort of seemed. We didn't break up over politics. Yeah. Which is the important part, I think. Yes, that is the important part. <laughs> what happened to him? Do you ever see him anymore? I don't see him. I don't, uh, you know, like when you're just like dating someone and you realize like you're so much better than them. <laughs> and that, no, and then like they're still assholes to you. Like, I'm like, what? Like, you're like not hot. You're like not this. You're not that. And I'm still you're still treating me not the way I should be treated. I'm done. He had anger issues. You know, when you were on um, Danny's podcast, he brought something up, which he brought up this, like this thing in the daily beast, which was bullshit. Cause basically you had sort of like done an article about, um, some of the stuff in me too and it was like a more nuanced article <laughs> about certain people in the movement and people using the movement well, for their own like personal gain people that co-opted the movement yeah because it wasn't you had about the... the movement it was about people that stole it and, and made had... a mockery of it because you had Tarana Burke on your podcast, who yes. was the black woman that started Me Too and everything, and you right. were, like spotlighted her. You did this great article about it, and then it was like put through the media machine because then the Daily Beast did their own version oh, of your article with a mm-hmm. completely like out of context headline where it was like the new Real Housewife is anti Me Too and defend sick. Trump, which like you never did. It was oh like, my god, never. Yeah, it and then you sick. had someone sends Danny the article then and then he sees the headline then other people on Twitter and stuff and it's like like go back and read the original piece and you'll see what she means but then it's like it's kind of like a hit job like were you pissed off about that when you saw oh, that fucking article oh my God. I was I was furious I felt so I'm like how could well now I understand like people just do this shit for clicks like yeah. what other kind of that headline is just horrible I mean it makes me sound like I'm like pro rape like are you kidding me and also in that article, I talked about my own sexual assault. So I felt like it was like even more of like a knife to the gut. And it was written by a man, you know, it's just ugh, nasty. nasty. Has it given you a different perspective of the media now that you've been in it in this very, like in this like Bravo type way, like a super mainstream, like, do you look at the media differently than you did? Or did you always know that it was like this? I didn't know it was this bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> like what? Than you the, the, just the tabloidy part, you know? Because like I used to like buy Us Weekly back in the day. I mean, that was in my early 20s. I actually had a friend that worked there and he would send me free ones. But like <laughs> I loved it. Like, oh, what's going on with Jessica Simpson? Like what? Like, you know, all that. But now I'm like, oh, God, now I, I won't talk to Us Weekly. I won't even respond. I mean, I can't, I don't like tabloids. I don't, I think it's terrible. I think they like, I think it's awful. And now I understand. I used to be like, how dare Tom Cruise sue that tabloid? Now I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, okay. What are some of your favorite conspiracy theories? Oh, oh my God. This is going to be great. Okay. <sighs> I don't even know if I should say. Okay, well, I'm going to say one. Okay. I'll say a couple. Okay. <laughs> you can't help yourself. Okay, I really can't. Um, Princess Diana. Oh, I for sure, I think something was going on there. I'm going to tell you right now. I, okay, 9-11. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it was blown up by us or anything like that. But I have read, I have watched, I have done research. It is a fact that we knew that this was going to happen. We did not stop it. Okay. Well, a lot of a lot of conspiracy theories, I'll just jump in. They're like conspiracy, but they're actually like it's true. Like you'll yeah. look up in this, but then it gets right. labeled a conspiracy because, theory, but it's like this is obviously true. Listen, I mean there was, I used to go to the memorial. I used to just go to ground zero when there was no freedom tower. And cause I lived been living down here for a long time. I would go every year on nine 11. I would sit by ground zero. I would cry. I would be, you know, just, that's what I felt like I had to do on nine 11. We should take off. We should be mourning. We should whatever. One particular nine 11, I was pregnant. So this is back 15, 14 years ago. I went down with my sister. We walked down this, we walked down the street and there's a big kind of burly dude, an older type of woman, and uh, like a young New York looking guy. They all look very different from each other. I'm like, what are these people talking about? I start listening and kind of join in the conversation because there was a lot of people just gathering on the street. And the guy's like, I don't know, I'm a firefighter. And when I got here, building whatever it was, wasn't even on fire. And then somehow it collapsed. And I'm like, oh, they're talking conspiracies right now. And I had watched Fahrenheit. I'd watched, I'm um, not Fahrenheit. I'd watched um, Loose Change. It's a crazy conspiracy. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that. So the big burly guy. <laughs> yo, starts, sorry, yo, your hair extension is like rubbing the mic. It's, or it's something, insane. I I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, okay, right. me, it's pretty funny. Um, so wait, let me get a seltzer because I'm getting very amped up. Okay. I need to hydrate with all this conspiracy problematic talk. <laughs> so the big burly guy, I start talking to them. Me and my sister are sitting. I'm, you know, pregnant, whatever. Wait, how am I? Wait, if it's, if it's. Oh no, I wasn't pregnant. I'm sorry. I had just given birth. That's it. I gave okay. birth in June. Okay. So this is oh, 14 years ago. I start talking to them. The burly guy is like, well, I think that it could have been an inside job. He's like, they killed princess Diana. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, my sister was dating a doctor who was the head of XYZ hospital in New Jersey. They were on a trip in Paris, standing on a bridge, looking at the Eiffel Tower. And all of a sudden they heard a crash in the tunnel below them. They went running down and he was the first person that got to Princess Di's car and she was alive. And the police then pulled up and said, get out of here. 
I mean, Stop. I'm not repeating it properly. I, I had the chills when this man told me this. I exchanged numbers with him and wanted him to come to my daughter's baptism. Okay. I was shook. I'll never forget this man ever again. So those are probably two of my top, you know, I'd like to really know what happened. I like all of the political assassinations, like the CIA, like, you know, like Malcolm X and Martin oh, Luther King. That's and, not a conspiracy. They yeah, killed I know. That, yeah, yeah. They killed, yeah that's, they killed them. I know. And I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about how they murdered uh, Marilyn Monroe. And there's like some new books out now about how they did it about because she was she was sleeping with the Kennedys and all of this stuff. And now there's like new evidence. And it wasn't just her. It was these other journalists that they killed and all this stuff. So I've been meaning like I've had that bookmark to like get that book because I heard it on a podcast. I'm like, I need to know more about like how they killed Marilyn Monroe. Oh, my God. Wait, have you ever read Behold a Pale Horse? No. Oh what is that? God. Well, I'm is that a old- Marilyn Monroe? Book? I'm older than you, but this was like <laughs> not by that much. Shit. How old are you? Thirty three. Okay, but still, like I'm geriatric millennial. <laughs> um, Behold a Pale Horse is just a conspiracy theory book that goes through everything and goes through all like crazy politics about the Bushes, like selling cocaine and crazy stuff. Also, after right after the towers were hit that night. All planes had to be landed. No planes were allowed in the air, you know, except for like fighter jets. One plane was allowed in the air, a private plane that was bringing the fucking bin Ladens out of New York city into somewhere safer because there were bin Ladens living in New York. Oh, I just saw that bin Laden's brother or something is like selling his house. And it's this huge mansion. It's like his Bel Air mansion. And he's selling his house for like twenty million. I mean, it's a famous. You know, he comes from a famous family. They're obviously yeah. not all sickos like him. Do you think that the um, free Britney is kind of that's kind of a conspiracy, really? Too it sort of falls under there. The whole thing. Do you think that they? Do you think that they all conspired to like have her committed in the start and everything to take over her money, or do you think that she actually genuinely got committed because it was needed, but then the leeches came in? That's a good question. I think that the reason it was needed was because people were pushing her to the brink of insanity. Whether they did that purposely, I don't know, but it was obviously also the media and society. I mean, who wouldn't lose their mind? The media coverage of Britney, like I remember, because I was buying tabloids and stuff at that point too, and I remember it was like every day it was like, what's Britney done now? It was like, there was like this, you just... Like, I, because I was a, I mean, I'm still am a fan. I was like a super fan. And it was just like this insatiable need to have more Britney content. You know what I mean? Because it was so insane. But then you look back and you're like, God, I can't believe we consumed all of this, you know, media that was so toxic and, and not even like, thinking ruined about our it. fucking life. Yeah, yeah. Not even just like wanting, like, it was like you want the next hit, you know? I remember <laughs> I when, like, I remember when, like, she, those photos of her, like, holding her baby, like, in a diner or, like, in a McDonald's, like, crying. Like, I remember being so heartbroken for her. And I feel like, I don't know, me and her are, like, the same age. I, like, grew up on her. I have loved her since day one. And she's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's fucked up. I was so shocked to hear her testimony when it leaked because... I had kind of given up on her where I thought, you know what, like things are, even though I never agreed with the conservatorship and I was actually really outspoken about it in the those early years and then because it went on for so long, you kind of, I was just like, you know what, it's just how it is. And I'm like, she seems to be doing well and whatever medication. And I 
kind of thought of her as she's this like medicated zombie or something, honestly. Well, she's been she, kept she away. She has been at certain yeah, points. But, yeah, yeah, at certain points for sure. But then you hear her talking the testimony and she sounds so clear headed oh, totally. and like, way more intelligent than you real. And you're like, holy shit, like she knows what's going on. Yep. Like she's got of it course. together. Yeah. Yeah. No. She's just in such a predicament. I mean, once you're in the system like that, it, you can't get out of the system. Even if you're Britney Spears, which is really crazy. That's when the government, to me, that is overreaching. That is crazy that someone's life does not belong to them. It doesn't matter if she wants to blow her money, by the way, and give it to people or do whatever she wants to do with it. Just because yeah, you have a mental money. Just because you have a mental health issues doesn't mean you don't get to live your own life and make your own choices, even if you don't think they're healthy for the person. Like that's how I feel. Well, how many people are there out there that have mental health issues worse than Britney and they're just like left left out with like no support or anything? And then with Britney, because obviously people can fucking make money off it, she's under like lock and key and like totally exploited. It's wild. But like why is she still like what's happening? I don't know. Why is she still in that conservatorship? Why did the, sh- the judge shoot it down? Like, what do we not know? So I'm at the point, right, where if something comes out, like something dramatic comes out, right, where it's like, um, I don't know, something about her mental health that's like really severe, like I'm probably not going to believe it at this point. Like I'm going to think, oh, they've planted something or whatever to keep her under it, you know, because I don't have trust in them anymore. Yep. So whatever they bring out about her, I'm going to think that it's like fucking like sabotage you know like fake news to just keep her under it that's a good point actually but now she's not i mean she's not like putting out music she's not touring obviously she's not doing any of that because she's like i'm not she doesn't want to make her father any more money she doesn't make anyone any more money yeah i mean i think she's probably over for a very long time it's not like she had like creative control and stuff all right so what else is going on with you like what do you have in the works what are you working on like Hmm. what's coming up I'm working on me. No. Um, (laughs) Well, you are. I am. I always am working on me. I honestly, okay, there's a couple things I really can't talk about, though, but that will be out soon. One thing relating to Married to the Mob, one thing relating to me personally. um, In the next month, one of them will be announced. That's all I can say. Okay. So we can expect some announcements. I'm just, how is, I'm trying to stay sane and positive during what we're I, I mean honestly when I I can't even worry about what people are harassing me on the internet about because I'm too worried about real life issues like is my daughter gonna be able to go to school in September full-time is is this the end of times right now it feels like it it feels like it is this the great reset I don't know what's happening you know, that's what I think about. This is the shit that keeps me up at night. Not like, what is People Magazine going to say? You know what I mean? This is about, like, there's crazy shit going on. There's a crazy energy out there. And I'm trying to protect myself from it. How's Happy Place going? Happy Place is great. It's great, great, great. Um, I'm so happy. I'm so happy with Happy Place. <laughs> but I, I really am. Um, it's so fun to do. It's so different than Mob which is like good for me and my brain creatively to have just something new and something totally different to work on. And even mob I'm feeling better about could be because Brianna just wore it, but you know, I've had the, I've had the brand for so long that sometimes I just creatively, I'm like, what do I do next? I've been in the windows of Colette. I did a collaboration with cause like, where do I go from here? You know? Um, But it's just ever evolving and changing. Okay, guys, stop. 
Oh my God, they're insane. When someone like Rihanna, you know, wears something from Mob, yeah, I guess it gives you like a extra, I don't know, creativity boost and you just think probably more about the future of the brand. Like, oh, maybe there is more I can do with this. Yeah, I mean, look, I feel like I'm also just um, having a business for this long is like really kind of, the, the dogs are Those dogs are killing me. Guys, if you could hear the weird sounds in the background, it's the two chihuahuas fighting on the, the living room know, it's, floor. They're like playing and fighting and oh, it's, it's just, it's crazy to watch. Uh, I don't know. Having a brand for so many years, you have to, there's ebbs and flows, you know? Also, we've had to change the way we do business because of the pandemic, obviously. We have so, so such a new audience and so many more people obviously like that are now aware of the brand and it's like okay like who are these people like who's this new demographic like there's just a lot of like changes and shifting going on but it's good it's great is that why you kind of like incorporated because you started putting a lot of your like rony catchphrases and stuff in the stuff in the you know on the the mob gear because i I guess that was just to make money yeah (laughs) cha-ching yeah Um, that was a pure capitalist move i mean like like a merch grab yeah that was it i mean and it was it was cool though because look i mean obviously so much of mob has been like tongue-in-cheek sayings and stuff so it's interesting like oh wow like 2019 like bitch i elevate this shit that has to do with roni on mob i think it's cool it's my two worlds colliding you know yeah no, I like it. I love the new drop. I love that it doesn't have vagina on it, so I can wear it. Um, who do you? <laughs> You're shady. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know what's so I'm funny totally though? Kidding. I'm actually not even kidding though, because I went on the mob website before the newest drop, and I'm like, I want to get something from Leah's thing. Like, maybe I'll get like a yoga mat or whatever, because I started doing yoga again at home. Oh, good. Can't fucking do anything else with the lockdown. And then it was yeah, it's all like vaginas and stuff. So I'm like, okay, what but now the new about? stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about my pussy. <laughs> oh, talk, don't talk about my mental health and my vagina. <laughs> That's the yoga mat. I love it. I forgot uh, about that one. Yeah. Who do you um who do you want to come back to Roni? So next season, obviously theoretically. Tinsley and Dorinda. Oh, you want Dorinda back too? Yeah, let's have her back too. I don't want Dorinda back, but I want Tinsley back. But Dur- how Dorinda- do you not want Dorinda back, though? She's I'm so never, entertaining. A- what? Really? No, Dorinda. I've I'm never met anyone that said that. I'm just, well, I have the unpopular opinions. That's why I'm your oh, fan. Great. Your super fan. Great. Oh, lucky me. I know you like, oh, God, I'm not even going to start talking shit about their housewives. I can't. But, yeah, some of your favorites. Yeah, that be I'm the like, headline. Yeah, no, of course. Some of your favorites, I'm like. Dude, really? I have to fight you in, in on Instagram. I'm like, what are you doing? I see what these people bring. Like, I'm looking at it from a... I just see what they bring to the table, okay? Not everyone sees what I see, but I am always right. I always say that because what I say does come true and what I say about you will come true. Like, <laughs> in another season or two, people go, oh, Jacques was right about what he was saying about Leah. So I'm very just confident in my opinion. Um, So, yes, we want Tinsley back and... Wait, who else? Who's do I your, no, that? I want to ask you, who's your favorite housewife of Beverly Hills? Oh, Beverly Hills? Um, Lisa Rinna. Fucking love Lisa Rinna. Like, and I've always been a fan of Lisa Rinna because when I was a kid, my mom was watching Days of Our Lives and she was on it. So I'm like, the I watched OG. It she's just fucking everything. And I think she's great on the show. Um, Brandy Glanville is amazing. I think her time is kind of done in beverly hills maybe mm. but i love brandy and i really i have a new appreciation for kyle in recent 
Kyle's great. I feel like Kyle's yeah. kind of the glue because she's kind oh, of like for sure the one that's friends with everybody or like she's the one that's I don't know. She just seems like a good friend to have, you know? Yeah. And she knows what she's doing. I don't think she's toxic. I used to hate her back in the day because I was kind of like a Brandy and Kim fan. And now, like, over the years, <laughs> I've, like, I really get where Kyle's coming from. And I think she's good at She knows how to keep the show moving, too, but in, like, more subtle ways. Like, well, she's she makes been doing it for a long time now. I mean, how long has she been on it since this first season, right? She's super savvy, like, yeah. and she's really good at the job. And I think she's the real queen bee. Like, I don't think Lisa Vanderpump pumps the queen bee of beverly hills like i think fucking kyle is who's your favorite on beverly hills oh my god i don't know if i can really say that but uh, i don't know i like both of them i, do. I love them all no i do yeah i like all of them he i'm neutral um no i like those two also i do isn't it funny that you can be like super controversial with your like political opinions but then like you can't like yeah, say the housewife it's such a i really i really can't it's like it'll cause, just yeah because that'll be, be the fucking headline yeah it'll be um, just wildfire yes well look thank you so much for coming on thanks for mentioning it all um <laughs> obviously i've wanted you here on eight uh you know i've wanted you on the pod for a long time i love you this season and tell everyone where they can buy where they can buy vagina mats and bitch mob tees <laughs> and <laughs> dressing gowns oh my god you're so funny you can go to mttmnyc.com You can also go to happyplacebrand.com to buy completely sustainable robes and blankets for your home in amazing, great colors and wonderful fabrics. And they're soft, right? Oh, they're so good. They're they're, they're amazing. They really are. They're they're really nice, guys. Cop the happy place stuff. And make sure you're watching Roni. (laughs) 